So what resources has God given you? And, you know, I just had a conversation with somebody last week who I was asking to kind of step into a specific leadership um, role, and they were so sweet. I'm not going to say their name because they would hate that, and you'll get that from this story. And they were sitting there, and they were just so confused that I was asking them. I'm like, no, I, would, I really would. I've been thinking about it. I would love if you could help me do this over here. And they're like, well, I'll, like, say yes, Kathleen, of course, but, like, I can't. You have to promise me I'm not going to be up front. You have to promise me you're not going to hand me a microphone because I can't talk in front of people and I'm not really confident like that. I don't really want to teach anybody in front. And I was just like looking at this woman and simultaneously I was like, oh, I just want to, I just love her so much. And then also I'm like, oh, it's so sad because she doesn't see what I see. Um, and what I said to her in the next few moments is I said, blank. <laughs> I'm like, she's here, yeah. Um, you don't need to do those things. I'll do those things, because that seems to be what God has asked me to do. And then I just rhymed off who she has been for me since I've worked at this church. Like, and she, you know, obviously doesn't know, because she doesn't have all of the moments lined up, but I do. Like, this woman has a gift of encouragement like I have never seen before. She has encouraged me, time and time and time again in the exact moments I needed it. When I look at her face, I just like feel peace. I swear if like, this is what like God's, we're all created in God's image, but this woman, like the image is so obvious. <laughs> it's like, there is Jesus, like just joy and peace. And I said, I don't need you to hold a microphone and teach. I just want you around me. And I want you around Calvary. And I want them to get to see what I see. And then she said, yes, I can do those things. We don't know sometimes what God has given us because we just don't see ourselves the way he sees us. But I promise you, like, let this be. No more excuses. You have the resources that you need to be used by God and to wash somebody's feet. That's all he is asking you to do. And when you apply what you've been given, when you offer what you have been given, and you take on the attitude of God's servant. Like, I don't know any better life, honestly. Like, when I am the happiest in my life, it is, I love my children, I love my husband, I love my family. But when I feel like I'm in the center of God's will, being purposed for what he has created me to do, there is a kind of peace that I can't explain to you unless you've experienced it. And that kind of peace is not reserved for pastors and prophets and teachers it's reserved for the entire body of Christ, every son and daughter of God. It's reserved for every part of the family of God. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping you guys discover, seeing yourselves, the way that God sees you, pulling out gifts and talents and saying, oh, you don't think this is helpful, but it is. I like it's one of the favorite, my favorite parts of my job because I get to see your face when you activate that, not just for your own strength or for your own purposes, but for God's purposes. And it's a beautiful way of living. It's a beautiful thing to watch that serving transform your life and transform the lives of others as you trust him. Jesus is the greatest example we've ever been given of transformational serving. He showed us a new way to be human. He showed us a new way to love. He showed us a new way to teach, to serve, to worship, a new way to suffer, a new way to forgive, a new way to interact with our enemies and the marginalized, a new way to pray. 
John Mark Comer, who's an author and a pastor, he sums up Jesus' entire ministry into three primary rhythms, three practices, three primary rhythms. And I just want you to kind of think of these things and, and try to have them uh, settle in your mind the next time you're reading anything about Jesus, because anything and everything he did fits into these three primary rhythms, making space for the gospel. Jesus exercised radical hospitality that we can only like, begin to strive to reach. He preached the gospel once he made space for the gospel to be heard. And then he demonstrated the gospel. And if you've ever wondered what a follower of Jesus does, they do what he did. They practice, they embody in their lives these three primary rhythms. We don't get to say that we have no idea what serving looks like because we have just been given example after example after example in every gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If you've never read the Bible, I encourage you to go read those four books because you'll learn everything you need to learn about the Christian life and everything else is a bonus. It's all important. But if you really want to start somewhere, I encourage you to start there. Let's go to when Jesus washes the feet of the disciples. John 13, 1 to 5. This is our example. All three rhythms are in this passage of Scripture. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. That means he knew it was time for him to die for us, by the way. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, and this is what he did. He took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example so that you should do as I have done for you. I have set you an example, Calvary, so that you should do what I have done for you. Jesus removes his outer garments and kneels down to wash his disciples' feet, summing up all that is to come in this astonishing act of divine humility, of loving redemption, and of cleansing for service. That is what we mean by the washing of the feet. It's just cleansing us, reminding us of the grace and the forgiveness we have received, and then going and offering that out to other people to be sent, to be missional, to join in the reconciling ministry that God has called us all to do. Jesus shows all three rhythms over one meal, and he often did that in a time where meals were, had boundary markers all over them, who should be at the table and who shouldn't be. These people should be at this table. These people should be at this table. Jesus just threw all that away because that is what he did. Think about it even now, who you would choose to have dinner with or lunch later today. That, that would make it enjoyable for you. I laugh, because when I say I put you first here, like probably your family. I'm not a thought about that for a bit. And some of you might not choose to have your family at your table. Some of you have to. Anyways, but probably if you got to choose, 
people that you get along with, people that you find it just easy and effortless to talk to. The idea of sitting around a table with people who have very different worldviews than you, who, Lord help us, might bring up politics. Ugh, no thank you. I'll eat in my room alone. Or sitting around a table with people who you know are going to thank you so much for the meal and then just gossip about you as soon as they leave and betray you. You probably wouldn't want to choose this. And yet Jesus did. He washed all of their feet. He knew what Judas was going to do. And he washed his feet as well. And if we're going to be his disciples, we don't get to choose whose feet that we wash. We don't have control over how people are going to respond to the gospel that we share or the spaces that we invite people into. Some people might find it a little awkward, and they're going to choose that. They're going to choose to accept it, or they're going to choose to reject it. We haven't been asked to be in control of those things. We have simply been asked to bear witness. And what that means is just so simple. We think that evangelism is this big, scary thing. Let me just change that for you right now. To bear witness, which is what we've all been, by the way, if you've accepted Jesus and you're following him, this is what we're all supposed to do. It's simply to tell people how Jesus has changed us, to talk about things that we have seen, things that we've learned, things that we've experienced with God, just like telling our story, just telling stories. This is what God has done for me. This is how my life has been transformed. Do you want to know why I give this way? It's because of this. I don't, I don't hold to things. I recognize they all come from God, and so I just want to be generous. You want to know why I, I, I serve in the kids' ministry? Because, like, God loves kids, and I love kids, and I want to teach them about who Jesus is. Like, you just, you bear witness to the things that God has done. Witness is a noun. It's not a verb. It's who we are. It's not something that we do. And so service comes, ser- transformational serving comes out of who we are. It's not something that we just, like, check. It's a transformation literally to our being that has happened because of God. I love this quote by Henry now, and it says, when we offer hospitality, because essentially that's what serving is, we get to embody the heart posture of the Trinity's inner life. That's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is welcome, invitation, warm affection, generosity, provision, safety, community, comfort, the meeting of needs, delight, and sheer joy. This is what Jesus-like hospitality looks like. And I mean, I probably was meant to preach this message because I oversee hospitality here at Calvary, and I get a little passionate about it. And anyone who's on my team knows this. Anyone who's tried to, uh, like, sign up to be on my team knows this because gone are the days of just, sure, go stand at the door and say hi. Like, no, thank you. (laughs) I'm not going to let just anybody greet my guests. I want someone who has joy, who smiles, who's actually excited about those guests coming into church. Is it getting awkward right now? Are you guys like, okay, you don't need to be so mean? Like, I just, I, it's about to get more awkward. I just think it really, really matters. And let's talk about hospitality here at Calvary for a second. I care, like, to my core. Like, I, oh, I like, it's like gonna like out of me in a nice way, in a pretty way. But like, I care to my core. So if you've ever doubted this, let me put your mind at rest. I care to my core that you are greeted well, that you are seen when you come in here, 
that you are welcomed well if you are our guest. And I care if you're part of the family too that you're welcomed well, but I really care that if you're walking in here for the first time, you get a good picture of who Jesus is through how you are greeted and how you are welcomed. I really care that what we do here in every way is accessible to you and to the ones that you love. I want us to get better and better and better at it. We have meetings <laughs> about this. How can we make this more accessible to such and such and such and such demographic? I care because I want everybody, whether you walk in here, whether you limp in here, whether you roll in here, whether you're a child and you are carried in here, or you run up and down the aisles, I want you all to experience the transformational movement of God that happens here every single Sunday. And it is tragic to me if anybody leaves this building and they didn't get to experience the transformational move of God. And so hospitality matters to Jesus and it matters to me. And if you're part of my family, Calvary, it has to matter to you. I joke a lot that this place is my second home for my family and I. My oldest and I were here yesterday, and we were practicing this, and he was clapping for me every once in a while in the front row. I'm like, I don't need any of your affirmation. My nine-year-old gave it to me, okay? I'm good. I'm filled up. But it's not just because of the time that we spend here. It's honestly, and I can say it truly, it's because of a, a heart posture that I have towards this building, not because of the building, but because of what happens here week after week after week. I look at this place in this moment with all of us in here today as a home, and you're all sitting at a table, and I'm so happy that you're here. And I have been one of many who have been entrusted to maintain this home, to care for this home, to host in this home. And week after week, I look at it that way because I know, because it happens, and some of you are in here today, I expect that week after week, people will walk through those doors who are from different backgrounds, have different stories, different economic statuses and abilities. There will be people who walk in who are in such close proximity to Jesus, and those who are just curious about him, and they just want to be introduced to him. And so I care that we introduce them to the right picture of Jesus. There will be some who have vast knowledge of the Bible. They could be up here and they could have preached with no notice. Better than I. Anyway, vast knowledge. And then there will be other people who walk in here who literally just said yes. They're the rookie apprentice who's going to make all kinds of mistakes. And they're hoping that you don't judge them for it. And we're not going to. Because that's what this place is for. We're all apprenticing under Jesus. None of us have mastered this trade, but we're trying to look more and more every day like Jesus. There will be some who come in here, and it's just the reality with hardened hearts. Some will be like Judas. There's nothing you can do to please him. They're going to be unhappy from now until eternity, and I'm so sad about that. But then there will be others who have their hearts on their sleeves, and they are desperate for a move of God. They are ready to trade everything they have for that little glimpse of that treasure in the field that we are told is the kingdom of heaven. They will do whatever it takes. And from Judas to that person and to the one who knows the Bible and to the one who doesn't and to the one who's not sure if they want to be an apprentice yet and to the one who's been following the longest in this room, we're all going to come in week after week and we're all going to be fed the same spiritual food. We're all going to be loved equally by our God. 
We are all going to be extended the opportunity and the invitation to take part in the new thing that God is doing. We are all going to be handed a towel, and we're all going to be told, hey, you remember how I served you? Go and do that for somebody else. And not all of us will choose to do it, and we can't make you do it. But some of you are going to, and it's going to transform your life. Right? Has it? Have any of you had that happen? Transformational service, being served by God in a way, or by people that just changed you, changed the picture of God for you, changed everything, and, and you just feel compelled to go and do the same. Rosaria Butterfield sums up hospitality this way, and it's such a beautiful sentence. I hope that this sticks with you. The gospel comes with a house key. The whole quote is this, radically ordinary hospitality. Those who live it see strangers as neighbors and neighbors as family of God. They recoil at reducing a person to a category or a label. They see God's image reflected in the eyes of every human being on earth, not just the sweet lady who it's so obvious on. Those who live out radically ordinary hospitality see their homes not as theirs, but as God's gift to use for the furtherance of his kingdom. They open doors. They seek out the underprivileged. They know that the gospel comes with a house key. At some point in our following of Jesus, and I'm not talking about those of you who are just curious about him. That's okay. Be, as cu be curious for as long as you need to be until it happens for you yourself. But for those who already know, they've already had their feet washed, they've been cleansed through the redemption and the forgiveness of Christ, you are handed a house key to the home, with the good news, with the tools and the resources to host well, to practice radical hospitality. And at some point, you have to know that you're no longer a guest. You're a host, and you're going to help us host. And you're going to host in your marriages, and you're going to host in your workplace, and you're going to make copy after copy after copy after copy of that house key. And every time you wash someone's feet, you're going to hand it to them and say, hey, come over any time. Thank you. Come over any time. My home is your home. The good news that I've received is the same good news that you can have. I love it because one of my neighbors always says, Kathleen, can you come over and pray for me? Because I think he listens to you more. And I say, no, I promise you he doesn't. He listens to you. In fact, he might even listen more for you. I talk to him all the time. He's probably getting sick of me. Yours is a new voice. And obviously I don't. I say, I'll pray. yes, of course, I'll pray for you. But I remind her, I give her a, I give her a house key. Say, hey, you can talk to him anytime. He would love to talk to you. He would love to give you the same joy and peace that he's given to me. He would love to show you how to lead your family and lead your kids the same way that I'm just trying to master the trade of leading mine. Just in this past week, before you think I'm, she is coming down hard on us. Oh my goodness, I'm so proud of you, Calvary. I'm so proud. Just a little glimpse of the last like couple weeks. Here are some things that I've seen. Here are some ways that I have seen people just grab a house key and come into just this building alone. I'm not talking about all the things that I don't see. There were a team of people pulling up and hauling out carpet so that we can have a new-to-us office space in a couple weeks. Actually, I think it's like next week. You guys worked hard. I've watched a group of ladies gathering in the chapel in prayer who were teaching somebody else how to pray. There are 16 small group leaders out there in that hallway there that you're going to go and you're probably going to sign up for a group. I hope you will. Who have, no, who have said, my home is not my own. However, I can use it 
to further the kingdom of God, use it. And then there's another two who said, my home's a little bit small, so they're using those other people's home, but they're willing to lead it because they say, well, I've been given kind of the gift to teach and to lead. And so they're going to partner with someone else who's lending their home, and they're going to do the teaching. Someone else is probably going to bring the snacks. And we are going to watch radical hospitality transform the lives of the people who gather in those spaces and in those homes. There were men and women literally vacuuming our house here and taking out the garbage just because because they're part of the family. Board members going above and beyond all the time, serving this family. Right now, today alone, a cafe team who made you coffee, the production team who's back there making me sound awesome, the band who's just worshipped up and prayed up at like 7 in the morning so that you can come into a hospitable place to encounter the transformational presence of God through worship. There's someone out there right now monitoring the halls, not in this sermon, not hearing me speak, not hearing the word, because they want to keep you all safe. And so they're watching the hallways, and they're checking on our kids, and they're making sure that everything's okay, and, be, and they're ready to respond if an emergency happens. There are men and women pouring out love and hospitality to our kids, from babies to junior highs over there. They've got the house key. And we don't hold it back. You're all welcome to have it. And this is not me closing the deal on getting you to serve in a department. In fact, I don't want to beg anybody to serve. I'll never do it. You'll never hear me up here begging you to go hang out with my kids. Because I don't want someone over there with them who, ha who I had to beg to be there. I want it to be an outflow of having your feet washed from God himself, the son of God who chose you who chose to wash your feet when they weren't very pretty, I'll remind you, because mine sure as heck weren't, when he washed mine and changed and transformed my life. And so out of the outflow of someone who remembers that, they'll run to that classroom. They will run to open up their home and say, hey, I don't really have this gift, but I do have this. And they'll all do their part as the body. I want that person to go in there and wash my Dom and Link and Willem's feet and model for them above me radical hospitality. Because don't kids sometimes listen to somebody else more than their parents? I pray, Calvary, that you set the example for my kids and you lead them to the feet of God so that their feet can be washed by him when they're teenagers and young adults and adults. So I won't beg. And I'm not trying to close the deal. But what I am doing is I'm figuratively washing your feet, serving you some teaching, serving you a reminder that you've been, many of you, given a house key. And I'm calling you. I'm calling you to a life of transformational service because it's not a death sentence. I don't want you grumbling and complaining as you clean the house. I do that a lot in my own house. But when it's for Jesus, <laughs> I'm less likely to complain because I remember what he did for me. He cleaned up my mess, right? He washed my feet. And it's a great life. It's a great life. You will never regret, regret picking up that towel and choosing to serve like Jesus. The band can come up now. Carrie Newoff, he says, churches that focus on helping people become wholehearted followers of Jesus will have to worry less about how the next generation gives and serves than churches that make giving and serving the goal. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about here, is I just want you to be wholehearted followers of Jesus. I just want you to take your apprenticeship seriously. I want you to be willing to make mistakes. 
I want you to ask how to use the tools that have been given in your hands. And then I'll help. We'll help. There's tons of people around you that will help. I've got women who will teach you how to pray. I've got people who will teach you how to read the Bible. I've got people who will teach you how to work a soundboard or teach a guitar or smile. I can teach you that. <laughs> I don't have any of these skills. <laughs> we don't all need them. <laughs> we don't all need them. Jesus' life, it moved along a continuum from solitude to community to ministry. And that's what we've been talking about the last three weeks, right, is, is worship. When you get into the presence of God and you, have, you are transformed in those quiet places, it moves you into wanting to do it with other people, and then you experience community. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you're a part of this community, every single one of you, from the newbie, the rookie, <laughs> to the longtime follower. I'm so glad because we just make each other better. But then, at some point, you have to get your feet washed, and you have to go out, and you have to serve like Jesus did whether it's in here sometimes or it's out there. I joked earlier, but Bobby and I, we really did. We washed each other's feet at our wedding, and we were these little babies. I know some of you are like, you still are. Well, we really were then. We had no idea what we were getting into. No clue. Still don't. We're 10 years in. It's going pretty good. But we did that, and it was kind of awkward, especially for our unsaved family and friends. We were like, what the heck are those Christians doing? But we wanted to model something. And what a prophetic thing God did in our lives 10 years ago by having, leading us to do that. We wanted to model that this is how we're moving into our marriage. I'm going to serve him and he's going to serve me. And we're going to submit to each other equally and love each other equally. And so when I got asked to preach, he made my slides. And he added the transcription to that video. And he did it without complaining because he loves me and I love him. And this is just the way we move throughout our lives is just serving each other. And we're not perfect. We don't do it perfectly. But it's a value. I want to do it for my kids. I want them to know that I love them so much that I'll wash their dirty, lazy feet over and over and over and over again so that they know who Jesus is. And I'm going to bear witness to them about how God has changed my life. And I'm going to bear witness to you because apparently I haven't asked to do that over and over and over again and how God has changed my life. I'm going to remind you. Get the house key. Join me. Let's host together. Let's host our guests together. Let's open our homes together. Let's teach people how to read the word together. Let's be a community that transformationally serves in the way that Jesus did it for us. Amen? Can you stand if you're able? We're going to sing this song as a commissioning song. I just figuratively, I hope, washed your feet. If any of you didn't get a washing, I can fill this basin up. And now we're going to sing this song about being sent. And not all of you are going to choose it. And you know what? Like, sometimes it's a, it's a timing thing. So just, like, sing it anyways. Because I think God can transform you as you worship him, too. And he can give you a heart of a servant. So let's sing this song together. And then I'll come up and I'll benedict you, just give you a closing word and some announcements at the end. But Calvary, it's an honor to serve you. I honestly mean that. My family and I, we love you. Thank you. And we love serving you. And I love that so many of you serve us back. So... I'm excited for our 2024 year of transformational serving. <laughs>